0: everybody. Welcome back to the podcast daily. Happy Monday. Uh, happy uh, day after Mother's Day. hope uh, all the moms out there who listen to the podcast had a tremendous Mother's Day. And uh, those of you who aren't moms, uh, hopefully had a good weekend as well. I'm Bill Landis. That's Berm uh, here for another week. Uh, figuring out what to talk about when it comes to Ohio State football and the throws of the offseason. Uh, Berm and I uh, had had uh, similar similar enough ideas, I think, that we're going to start diving into uh, some p- position-specific discussions here over the next couple of weeks on the podcast daily and berm and his infinite wisdom uh, suggested that we start first with the quarterbacks
1: well there's a couple of reasons for that um it's because it's the most important position on the team Uh, but it's also the easiest one for two people to just knock out without having (laughs) a lot of random discussion as austin gets back uh, from his little vacation uh, on monday afternoon on that note, folks, Roosters will be live on Tuesday afternoon at Old River Road. In case you're looking for that on Monday, um, Bill. Before we dive into that, how was George's first Mother's Day? Did he handle it well? Did he get your wife anything? Or did you feel proud of his effort as a first time son? You know, how do you okay. really? How do you gauge where he uh, landed on on Mother's Day numero uno?
0: Let's see. So we went, we went out to Pittsburgh, uh, where my wife is from, and, and spent the weekend there with her and, and her mother, my mother-in-law. Uh, it went fairly well. He was, he was a little testy on, on Friday, but I think he really started to settle in to his first Mother's Day weekend. He only soiled two outfits over the weekend, which is pretty Love good for that. him. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, you know, one, it's one more than I soiled over the weekend. <laughs> well, you know, uh, it's all about closing the
1: gap. And, that's right. Uh, he's getting. There. He's I'm just kidding.
0: That. I didn't. I didn't. I'm, I. I didn't do that. I'm just uh, saying. You might have Manny <laughs> brothers, and if that's the case, <laughs> no, anything's possible. Never anything that. Possible. I don't, I like. I like good sandwiches, not bad sandwiches. Uh, no, he was good. He 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 acquitted himself quite nicely uh, for his first Mother's Day. Set the bar, I think, high for Mother's okay. Days to come. Permane brothers and Yingling is a pretty good way to make sure you. <laughs> end up changing your drawers you know what i mean yeah <laughs> yeah it's, yeah,
1: uh, it's monday morning we may as well just really get started with the weird stuff uh right away i also wanted to touch base uh back to friday's mailbag episode folks and acknowledge that we apologize for confusing chariots of fire with ben-hur uh ben-hur had chariots in it and chariots of fire was the movie with the guy that was running the four minute mile with that one song that uh, I was trying to locate in my brain. So now that we've wiped away the the unimportant things like mothers and, and correcting ourselves, um, let's talk about what's real important, quarterback play at Ohio State. First and foremost, Bill, it, we've talked so much about it over the last three months. What else can really be said that maybe like, changes the direction of, of the conversation or or refocuses the narrative in any way. Is there anything?
0: Yeah, like Ryan Day like kept it fairly generic, I thought, throughout the course of the spring when we tried to ask him about that. And in years past, we've had opportunities to do sort of a, a post-spring, like pre-summer kind of check-in. And, and I honestly don't know if that, that's going to happen uh, this year or not. But um, if that were to happen, I, I think there are some things that Ryan Day could say that maybe shine a little light on, on where this thing is, whether that's like acknowledging that Kyle McCord does have the lead that I think a lot of people perceive him to have, or or frankly, if he doesn't, I think that that is instructive as well. Um, maybe if we were to get a little more in-depth with Ryan Day on sort of what he likes um, about each individual player, perhaps as a window into... His his line of thinking as we get uh, closer to, to summer workouts and, and camp and then ultimately the season. Um, so I, I think there are some things that that could happen. Whether or not they're going to happen, I'm I'm not entirely sure. Um, but I you know I I don't really come out of spring. I I might be. Um, I'm gonna be a little farther back maybe than some other people are on on assuming that Kyle McCord is going to be the starter. If I had to pick him like right now and say who do you think's gonna be a starter, I would I would pick him because I, I think you probably have to, but uh, it still feels kind of open to me. I, I don't know how, how it feels to you, but I, I kind of get the sense that you and Austin maybe feel a little more firmly than I do that this is all but sewn up. I think that it is more likely that common cord has a fairly comfortable
1: lead heading into summer than it is the other way. Um, That doesn't mean that there's no opportunity for Devin Brown to overtake him or to become the guy. Uh, You know, again, Devin missed the last week of spring practice and that certainly is unfortunate for him. It's bad for the fans too, who didn't get to watch what everyone wanted to see in the spring game. Uh, But I don't think that there's any, any like concrete plan. Like this is it. This is the guy it's over. We can't, Oh, you know, nothing can change. I I think that's that's premature. Um, you know, I think that if you look at this room altogether, th- the question is. Obviously, the 2021 room, when you had C.J. Stroud getting ready to make his first start, Kyle McCord on the roster uh, as a true freshman, Jack Miller in his second year with with C.J. Stroud and Quinn Ewers as a true freshman, that's the most talented room at one time that Ohio State's ever had as far as just arms and stars and upside and all that. But when you look at this now with Kyle McCord and Devin Brown and the incoming Lincoln Keenholz uh, with Tristan Jebbia there as the, you know, seventh year guy, who's sort of helping shepherd these guys, these young guys along, this is what Ryan Day, like has been waiting for, right? Like a, a room like this, where you have the veteran, you have a quarterback in his third year, who's getting ready to be the starter, you have a, a backup who is in his second year that's a five-star prospect, has a different skill set sort of than the guy that you're expecting to be the starter, and then you have a true freshman who can come in and learn, and not coming in a year early, not coming in six months early, coming in on time. Like It just feels like this is the normalization of the quarterback room, and I think because of that, I would be shocked if Ryan Day did in his mind was willing to upset the Apple cart too much at this juncture. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like this is this is what they've been
0: building for, don't you think? It absolutely is. Yeah. And and there is a you have to tread lightly, I think, I think with that to your point. You can't like listen, I would love it if Ryan Day would just like come out and say what he thinks honestly about the quarterback position. Um, but I understand why with this position in particular, it's hard to do that, uh, especially given the time of the year we're talking to him. It might, you know, I think as we get Deeper into the year, I, I think more of that honesty will will, will come out. Um, but this is like this is probably, I guess, short of having a returning starter, um, obviously. But but aside from that, I think this is about as good as it gets in in this era of of quarterback um, like uh, roster management. building, like yeah, yeah. Man- management, like attrition, all that stuff. Like to have to have two what I what I believe to be two viable starting options. Um, I think a very a very low chance that you don't get to the fall with both of them. I, th- I think you get through this entire season with both Kyle McCord and Devin Brown. You have Tristan Jebbie as you said, as, as sort of that that coach in the room role that, that I think is always beneficial to have if you can find it. And then you have Lincoln Keenhold, so I don't think is coming in with any preconceived notions of, like, I'm going to push for the job when I get on campus. I think he knows that he's got to develop for a year, maybe even two years, given where he played high school football and it seems like maybe he's willing to do that. Otherwise, I don't think he would have come to Ohio State. So I, I think it is, it is the ideal realization of what Ryan Day is trying to do. He's not going to be able to do it every year, but uh, he was able to, to strike that balance in a number of different ways uh, going into the season, which I, I think is great for this year. But I also think it sets Ohio State up about uh, as favorably as it can be set up for the very near future as well. Like, I I guess we can maybe talk about a a little bit about of what we think might happen with Kyle McCord and Devin Brown after 2023, depending on how this goes. But even, even if the assumption is that one of those guys is not here in 2024, for whatever reason, um, you're still set up pretty good. Cause then you have either a returning starter, uh, a guy stepping up who we all think is talented. And then you have Lincoln Keenholz who would have been in the program for a year. And then Aaron Nolan coming in behind him. Like, I think it's really hard to, stack the room the way that Ryan day wants to by bringing in a guy every year. And if you're going to continue to operate that way, I don't think you can really ask for anything better than what they currently have. Yeah.
1: I I think it's obvious that after the 2023 season, one of comic or Devin Brown will not be there anymore. I, I mean, I, I just don't see any scenario that plays out where both of those guys are in this same conversation next spring. Like whether Kyle McCord is off to the NFL as a first-round pick who just, you know, threw for more than 37 and a half touchdowns <laughs> or whether or not, uh, you know, he's the returning starter at Ohio State and Devin Brown has decided to leave, whether Devin Brown has found a way to overtake Kyle McCord and and, and Kyle McCord decides to not return. I don't see any scenario where both of those guys come back next year. Um mm-hmm and you know you're talking about the difficulty in roster management and quarterback room management the idea of having a fourth year guy and a third year guy and a second year guy and a first year guy like uh-uh, not going <laughs> to happen like that's just, that that day is over so for yeah. ohio state it will it will be in a perpetual state of chasing a grad transfer to fill in a role versus finding the best high school senior that they can find and how to meld all those guys together. We watched, you know, Aaron Nolan, obviously Ohio state had a commitment from Dylan rail, the number one player in the country uh, for, for six months. And even while they had that commitment in the, you know, on the books, they're starting, they're, they're being self, you know, aware enough to say, Hey, let's at least have conversations around the country with other guys. And they start to see Aaron Nolan, who now is moved up to what? I think the number three ranked quarterback in the country in the class of 2024. He just got an elite 11 invitation over the weekend uh, after dominating a camp down there in Atlanta, being picked for that camp over five-star Michigan commit Jaden Davis, who, you know, Jaden will probably still get invited to the elite 11, but uh, era is the one that won the, the competition this weekend in Atlanta. Like Ryan day clearly knows what he wants and what he's doing at quarterback. But, the ideal scenario of having everyone just returning and waiting their turn and, you know, making lunches for each other and sharing lunch boxes. Like, that's just, it's not, <laughs> it's never going to happen again. Like, it's uh, that, that world just will not exist. So, um, it, it's about how do you put these guys in the best position to win. And you look at the, the comparison between what Kyle McCord or Devin Brown, whoever this year's starter is walks into versus what next year starter walks into and it is a totally different world so like whoever that guy is this year needs to strike while the iron is pretty freaking hot you know what I yeah. mean because next year is a I don't want to say like it's too early to get ahead of rebuild Ohio State has never really had to rebuild but uh next year is going to be a significant roster overhaul and whoever the quarterback is next year whether it's Devin Brown whether it's Kyle McCord returning whether it's you know however that works it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting time so like this this year is pretty big for the quarterback room to establish itself again just as the the place Ohio State and Ryan Day and Lincoln Riley and wherever he's coaching like that is where the quarterbacks go right so yeah. um, I, I i don't think Lincoln Riley's going to go anywhere else next year but you never know
0: you never know. But someone, Kay- someone could, Where's Caleb Williams going next year? Yeah. Someone can come poach Lincoln Riley. You never know. Uh, yeah. Whoever the starting quarterback is this fall is operating in what I like to call the Marvin Harrison Jr. window. <laughs> it's only going to be open for one year. And then the things, uh, it looks like they recruit receivers so well that who knows like we could think that carnell tate is marvin harrison jr <laughs> a year from now and, and maybe it will be oh um, there's a little guy named jeremiah smith coming in too jeremiah smith too yeah so i don't i don't think they'll be hurting for offensive playmakers but it does it does feel like there is a an urgency with this uh array of skill talent around whoever the quarterback is which like <clears throat> i am i think i might have said before maybe when, when we did the draft conversation for next year like i'm not i'm not like super on alert for one year and done kyle mccord but if he's good um I think that contributes to it because if you if you have a really good season with all those guys around you and then think to yourself like oh should I stay should I go and then realize like oh all those guys are are going also maybe I should go too I think that could be at play in that scenario um, and if it is at play then I think it does I think ideally what, what Ohio State wants here right is probably a year of McCord a year of Brown then you get into the Lincoln Keenholtz, Aaron Nolan battle for the future beyond Devin Brown right right if things are done the way that like it feels like they should be,
1: then you have a year of McCord, a year of Devin Brown, a year of Keen Holtz, a year of Nolan.
0: I mean <laughs> just one year at a time. <laughs> this
1: is the way it goes from now on. So it, it's it is crazy, but until somebody upsets the apple cart and and like takes that job away from the guy that's a year ahead of him, that's where you're gonna be looking. And I don't know that it's a bad thing for Ohio State necessarily, but I just don't think that you're gonna see many guys in that, you know, that we're even as good as Dylan Raiola is, and we're talking about him now, um, you know, looking at Georgia and USC or you know N- Nebraska, is still on the periphery. But I think it's going to be Georgia, in my personal opinion, uh, at this point. But who, you know, he goes in there. There's three five star quarterbacks there already. So uh, how do you? It's going to take somebody being that much better than mm-hmm. the pre, than the former five star. To, to really upset that. And Ohio State is in a great position already in the class of 2025 with five-star Bryce Underwood, the number one ranked player in the country in, in that class, the or number one ranked quarterback uh, from Belleville, Michigan. So, I mean, they're, they're already looking ahead. There's Ryan Montgomery in Ohio. There's a lot of things that can happen. I, I still believe at some point Ohio State is going to find a way to get a two-man quarterback class. They've been looking for a guy from Ohio for a while. The last one that uh, signed with the Buckeyes from Ohio was Joe Burrow in the class of 2015. So, You're going into 10 years without an Ohio quarterback on the roster, which is not ideal for the Buckeyes in the way you want to build a roster because if you're looking for someone to gut it out and say... Well, they had had Gunnar Hoke. Well, I'm signed out of high school, my Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, Just for the person in the comments. Just for the person in the
0: comments. Yeah, Yeah.
1: that's true. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) They did have Danny Clark committed for three years. I know. (laughs) Um, But the reality here is that you look ahead and... You want someone that's going to say, hey, I'm going to be there for the long haul. I'm going to be there to mm-hmm. develop. Maybe that's Ryan Montgomery. He's gotten put in a lot of work and gotten very, you know, uh, doing a lot of good things and getting a lot better. He, he's trying to prove that he's that, you know, elite quarterback that can can be the face of a program. So um, still got you know a couple months ahead of them to really figure that out. But the bottom line is that the quarterback room is just going to be this way. From now until forever, I just don't see it changing with college football the way it is. I mean, having four guys that are all like, "Oh, I can't wait to stay here and i'll yeah. just sit and uh, bide my time uh that's just feels like it's never gonna be that way again
0: i have uh I have two questions for you as the man who is in in tune with all things recruiting uh and i'll ask them one at a time because I hate when people ask two questions at once uh, the first is uh like what do you think the likelihood is of them actually being able to sign two in the same class?" I think one of them has to be from Ohio um,
1: or, you know, if you go back in time, the I mean, the last time Ohio state signed two in a class, I guess was 2015. Uh, but one of them was Torrance Gibson. Yeah. Uh, and he was a, you know, everyone knew he was going to be a wide receiver down the road. He wanted to a quarterback, but there were years. I mean, Cardale Jones and, and Braxton Miller originally signed in the same class in the class of 2011. Cardale didn't come in until a year later, but, um, it used to be fairly standard uh, a couple times in the Jim Trestle era that happened. But um, nowadays it's just very hard to see that working out. Unless what happens is you have in a class like the 25 class where you have not just Ryan Montgomery, but Tavian St. Clair at Bellefontaine and now Jameson Kitna down at Lakota East. You've got a couple um, rising uh, juniors in the state of Ohio. That makes it interesting. But because, to Devin Brown, to Kamacore, the Lincoln Keenholz, and his situation being so unique, you could, if things go poorly for Ohio State, you could see a scenario heading into twenty-five where like it's just Aaron Nolan on the roster, yeah, and then and then how do you figure it out from there? So yeah. they were they were pretty close to that. If we talked about this back in in October and November, when at that point Ohio State, if it, the it, conversation is CJ Stroud leaves, Devin Brown becomes the starter in twenty-three. And then Kyle McCord transfers, so then you only have Devin Brown and whoever the twenty-three signee is. And at that point, there was no twenty-three signee. So like it's like, ooh, this is (laughs) it is it is borderline precarious almost at all times, like by default. So um, you have to find a guy that's willing to just settle in and say, "I want to play quarterback at Ohio State. I love Ohio State, and I don't want to leave. You know, I'm not interested in all of the stuff that comes with being a big time college quarterback." Uh, In Right away, you know. I mean, it, it's just it's rare.
0: Uh, and then my second question is this: So Ohio State has <clears throat> has found a way to stack C.J. Stroud, Kyle McCord, Devin Brown, Lincoln Keenholz who ended up being a fairly highly rated recruit, uh, and now Aaron Rowland. Um, do you ever envision a time when Ohio State just like won't be able to do that? Like they're going they're going to have to go to like the every other year approach that like a Clemson or even like I think Lincoln rally does that too most years.
1: Lincoln Riley had tried that for a while. Um, I don't think he's into that anymore. Obviously, he he just signed Malachi Nelson in the class of 2023 after bringing in Caleb Williams at Oklahoma in 2021. He skipped 22 and then took the new job, and then all of a sudden he brings in Caleb Williams, signs Malachi Nelson, trying to sign Dylan Rayola. I mean, I don't know. I I, don't, I think that at a place like Ohio State, where the expectations are so high, um, and maybe this will change at u s c as they get into the big ten, and you people actually demand to play defense and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, uh, you can 't just play a freshman quarterback all the time like y- it 's not ideal so um that that is not what Ohio State wants to do. I can tell you that for sure <laughs> like the yeah. goal is to sign one every year. And not signing one every year puts you in a position like Clemson a year ago where you're like, ah, what do we do? We have no idea what our quarterback situation is. And that turns, you know, Clemson, who plays really good defense, had no shot at a national championship a year ago because they just had no plan at quarterback once D.J. Ulingalele, uh didn't pan out. So, uh,
0: yeah, that's that, the danger.
1: Yeah, if if that one guy doesn't hit, then all of a sudden you are – back to mediocre and, and you know, Clemson now is in a point program wise where if you're ten and two it's or nine and three it's mediocre. But when was the last time Ohio State was nine and three, you know? That's I don't think fans will accept that for very long.
0: Yeah, and I think so. like Clemson's will kinda of change too. Didn't they they take took Kate Klubnik and then didn't they take the Chris uh Vizina kid like mm-hmm. in the class right after him. So maybe even there they're realizing that you can't leave that gap year to chance because Well, I don't know. Maybe you can now in the transfer portal era, but uh, Clemson also isn't like super willing to take transfers either so if you're not willing to do that then I think you have to be willing to take a quarterback every year
1: yeah and on the flip side you look at Alabama and they signed Ty Simpson in 22 they signed two guys in the class of 2023 uh, they already have a, a five-star commit in Julian Sane in the class of 2024 but yet we're still offering Aaron Noland and still trying to recruit a second quarterback in this class so uh, everyone has a different approach my personal belief is that you have to sign a quarterback every class period and. It seems like Ryan Day's approach is sign the absolute best quarterback you can every year, and whatever else happens, screw it. You know, uh, if, if guys want to leave, okay, we'll just sign the next best guy. Like that's that's the way. I think that's the way you have to do it. I, I just don't think. And as long as Ryan Day is there, and the quarterback position is making Ohio State so much money, accolade wise, and and getting so much attention for what those guys are doing, recruits are not afraid of it, and and that's what you actually have to bank on is that recruits the top level the elite guy that the best of the best is never afraid of the guy in front of him ever yeah and he's never worried about the guy behind him so and sometimes that's a player who's physically this that much better than other guys sometimes it's a guy like lincoln keenholz who's like hey, i don't care if dylan rail is committed i don't <laughs> care if cj Stroud's still there i'm still going to ohio state screw you like i think that you know, you you can find those guys every once in a while, and then you have to hope that their physical abilities match up to that that elite um, competitive you know mindset that they have. And all you got to do is flip on Keenholz's tape, football, basketball, baseball, whatever, and you can see that he's an elite athlete. So, yeah. it, the room the room is in good hands, but it it does feel like heading into next season, like it's on that teeter totter.
0: Yeah, I, I it does, but I also. The, the two positions where I will, will probably always give Ohio State the benefit of the doubt are quarterback and receiver. So like I don't I don't worry about it too much. It's but. funny though, man. Like it's hilarious, Bill, because ten years ago those are the two positions people like. Well, I don't know. Well, yeah, what right. the hell is going on
1: with those guys? <laughs> no clue. Cannot figure it out. Yeah. Twenty, you know, you're signing Kenny Guyton, who was only other offers from Prairie View A and M, and you're like, what in the hell are we doing? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Kenny Guyton's winning games for you and, and setting program records with six touchdowns in the first half uh as long as brian hartline and ryan day are in columbus yeah certainly yeah that's that's what yeah easy not to worry about but the 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 simple truth is that right now ryan day's been there six years Corey dennis has been there what seven years eight Mm -hmm. years todd fitch as the assistant uh you know analyst or whatever you want to call it doing a great job for ohio state working with that room Like when does Corey Dennis start to look for another opportunity? Does, you know, does Ryan Day have to find another quarterback coach? Ryan Day obviously is still sort of the de facto quarterback coach in a lot of ways for Ohio State. As he continues to look at ways to decentralize, you know, his role, does he have to find someone else? I mean, we looked at what happened with Lincoln Riley, I'm sorry, um, Dabo Sweeney and and Garrett Riley and hiring him this offseason to bring in a different approach. I don't think that's something Lincoln Riley wanted to do at Clemson. I mean, it seems like he'd been pretty like, this is my quarterback room. This is how I'm going to do things. And uh, now what? I mean, you know, eventually there is going to be some changing. And I wonder how long it takes until that happens. Because for Ohio State, that's one room that's had a lot of stability for a couple of years now.
0: Yeah, I think that that is the delicate situation for Ryan Day moving forward because for all of the discussions we've had about him needing to take more of a CEO approach, um, this program is what it has become over the last five years because of how good of a quarterback's coach he is. So, um, and you know, I think, I think the, the natural, uh, lean for someone when you're really good at something, like you don't want to hire somebody else to do it, like you'll just do it. So, um, I'll be very interested to see how that plays out. I think there's a way for Ryan day to become a little more hands off with the offense and the play calling without maybe losing that touch as the, as the, he is the thing that makes this such a destination for quarterback prospects. And like, Ohio state can't lose that. And obviously Ryan day knows that, but um, he will have to figure out how to balance all, all of that as he does uh, morph into more of a CEO role. Um, I want to berm. Uh, as we do all these position groups, um, I want to make sure to maybe try to, to, to hit on this in each episode at some point, and that is whether or not we feel uh, better, worse, or the same about this position group than we did um, going into spring ball. Let's let's use that as, as a jumping off point. So not uh, coming off of last week. year, yeah, I'm not, not coming off last, yeah, year not coming off of last season, yeah.
1: Uh, better, I, I feel better about it. Uh, I think we saw a lot out of Common accord and what we got to watch practice wise to make you realize that he's emerging as a leader in the program. Um, Devin Brown, you know, there's a lot of conversation last year about his sort of it factor, um, but you can't really quantify that until you see it. And right. you, I think it's obvious. Um, and Lincoln Keenholz is the same guy. And then the decision to hire or recruit, Aaron Noland, and go all the way in on him and to watch as he elevates his game you know, after that commitment and becoming that national prospect that everyone was expecting him to be, uh, I think you have to feel better. And I want to go back to the previous point. Ryan Day is the reason the quarterbacks come to Ohio State, but Corey Dennis does a really, really great job for Ohio State in yeah. recruiting and relationship building. And so that, that duo has been really good. And for people who three years ago are like, well, why would Ryan Day hire Urban Meyer's son-in-law to be his quarterback's coach? The answer to that was very simple. Ryan Day knew that Corey Dennis would coach quarterbacks the way that Ryan Day wanted. Uh, after the Mike Yursich experiment hmm. in the 2019 season, Ohio State realized that okay, that's not the way they want to do things. That where you have a coach who's going to kind of butt heads with with the head coach on philosophy or or practice ideas or whatever. So that's where Corey Dennis has been a really big plus for Ohio State, and it is hard to imagine who do you find to do that if you're Ryan Day, as you as you said, try to be more of a CEO, but you also can't really put yourself in a position where you surrender. Um, you know, the power or, or the allure of what you do best. Sorry. Yeah. I want to just throw in that final point. As far as your perception post spring to now, where
0: are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm better as well, especially when you do factor in cause we I'm trying, air committed in April, right? So like we entered yeah. the spring off of the Dylan Rayola decommitment and, and you're not just thinking about the present, you're thinking about the future and the future looked a little murky. It looks much more solid now. Um, I, I find myself a little, Bummed, I think, that we didn't get to see Devin Brown in the spring game. Like, I, I wish we would have had a better comparison of the two side by side. Because, like, we watched a lot of practice, but it, it was hard in, in practice. Yeah. I think they get a gauge of where they were because of some of the struggles on the offensive line and the way some things were, were, were structured. Um, I, I think Ryan Day and Corey Dennis and Todd Fitch got got what they needed out of that, but us as media members, I think, wish we could have seen a little bit more. Um, so that doesn't make me feel worse about the situation. I think Ohio State. At the beginning of spring ball, I thought they had two guys who could start. I still feel like they have two guys who can start now. Um, I still think it's a competition, but no matter the choice, I think it'll be a good one. And now also, the future looks a lot brighter with Aaron Nolan in the mix and like the continued sort of development that you see as as just an athlete from Lincoln Keen holds too. So um, I like where they're at. Um, you know, slightly more than I did at the beginning of spring.
1: Yeah, I think from just one thing I, I like if i could do one thing different i think Ohio state would have just loved to have keenholz in camp in january yeah just you know as i was i said earlier like you know he's not there a year early is not six months early whatever anytime a guy can enroll early it's good for him and the program so um i, I think it, by enroll early i mean like in your normally scheduled recruiting class not a year ahead of time which threw a lot of things into what <laughs> <laughs> out of whack, uh, out of whack. i think i think it's a little bit wild um but yeah i mean other than that i mean, you can't be happier about a position uh you'd like to have a returning starter i guess but uh, other than that how, how do you how do you argue what 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 quarterback room in the country would you trade for ohio states there's you know texas has an argument that you'd have a conversation if you look top to bottom
0: mm-hmm. um and that's it usc i think usc probably does
1: well, I mean, Caleb Williams at the top is so much better than everyone else. I'm not sure that it matters who's behind him.
0: Um, yeah, it's a fair point, yeah.
1: but it, If you it, analyze it like, top to bottom, I think you're yeah. right, yeah. yeah. It's Ohio State and Texas, pretty much, that's it. And the guys at Texas with Quinn Ewers playing a lot last year may have a slight argument to be a favorite over Kyle cord at this point, even though they were obviously both in Columbus and one's still there and one's not, but that's not because of anything that happened on the field. So um other than that i mean how do you argue with where they're at you know so yeah i I mean if you
0: if you could have a returning starter every year like in the nfl i guess (laughs) but at some point you cannot have it that 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 goes away in in college football unfortunately unless you're Stephen bennett (laughs)
1: yeah
0: Yeah, you can do play all that football don't get a degree how about that do we believe that do we (laughs) believe that that's true or not i am now, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That was, I that Twitter account that like shared it, like, I have no idea. But this Maybe has we... been
1: percolating over the last two weeks or so, people wondering if Stetson Bennett graduated. And Bill, should we be honest with people and say that we did hear rumblings back in December that he was academically ineligible? Should well, we think... be honest about that? Or should <laughs> we just pretend we didn't hear that those were potential concerns? Because I think we should probably just tell people that there was some rumor milling at the time that he may not have been uh, eligible to play in the hmm. peach bowl now does that matter no i mean come on it's sour peaches or whatever but uh it, it is weird that that was we we did hear those things being bantered and now to see this discussion five months later saying he didn't even graduate after seven years in college feels like hmm a little awkward i don't care it doesn't matter georgia won the game on the field cool i understand how this is going to go in the comments i really do but it is weird right
0: yeah i don't i don't, I don't know if we should say that i guess uh, i guess we'll just have to uh to Let's table let, it per- it. let it percolate a little yeah. bit and then we'll decide whether or not that's something that should be said out loud uh and then see how it goes um surely we'll table, surely. That. We'll table that for now yeah surely Maybe. that won't blow up <laughs> into something much larger uh okay that was a quarterback discussion on the podcast daily uh that that took a bit of a turn and it was uh, a probably- rumor that's all we're
1: saying okay rumors rumors don't mean that they're true i'm just saying that sometimes the, where there is smoke there is fire and in this case that rumor was a rumor that now seems to be rumoring some more based on what's been rumored about not having a degree after seven years.
0: Yeah. Smoke, fire and uh, no diploma. Okay. Yeah. All right. We got, maybe it got burned up in the fire. <laughs> never know. All right. Thank you for listening to the podcast daily. We hope you enjoy the rest of your Monday. Hope you uh, have a great start to your week. We'll be back to talk to you on Tuesday. See ya.